Alrighty, it's that time. Well, 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 well. You guys have been waiting a whole week. We're back. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We're here. We're here. We made it. Do not fret, Chico. Don't be don't, discouraged. Don't be discouraged. That is from the movie The Secret Window, starring Johnny Depp. It's based on a short story called Secret Window, Secret Garden. Yeah. By Mr. Stephen King. And uh, I've seen the movie so many times, it's even a mystery to me. <laughs> really good movie, if you haven't seen it. Uh, we're back. Today is episode 39, and uh, we're talking about the unsung heroes of the Star Wars prequels. Yep. And what we mean by that is not um, not the typical... Best sidekick. We're talking about little tiny little minuscule things that played a big role in the Star Wars galaxy some, being shaped. Some of them played a bigger little role. Yeah. You know, as the story allows. And some of the characters are bigger characters, but something small that they do changes everything. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're talking about that. And um, there's a little bit of news, uh, some new stuff coming out, new book about Star Wars characters uh, coming out sometime in November, I want to say. Uh, has a lot to say about uh, your favorite supreme leader that's not Kylo Ren. <laughs> I'm going to correct myself while I'm talking. Um, but we definitely want to do a Snoke episode soon uh, that's been on my mind lately. But uh, if you are looking for other Star Wars podcasts, Blast Points every October does Snoketoberfest. And so I'm sure they're covering this, so we'll cover it at a later date. But great podcast if you want to check out another one. Um, but today, we're talking about the unsung heroes of the Star Wars prequels, and um, we want to jump into that. We're only going to cover the prequels because, one, we don't think they get enough love. Also, and because two, we were trying to think of a lot of things. If and, we did uh, all the movies, you'd be here for all, all the time. We had only gotten through the prequels, and I was like, this is like more than an episode. If we did the whole thing, it would be multiple episodes, and we already have a plan for next week. So... It's episode 39, three of nine. We're going to talk about the prequels. Oh my gosh. And then next week, I guess we'll give you a sneak peek, a heads up. Uh, it's our 40th episode. Yep. So first of all, congrats to both of y'all. We're 40 episodes in. That's pretty cool. And uh, uh, 2020 is the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. And so we're going to talk about The Empire Strikes Back, the greatest Star Wars movie of all time. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how I feel. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, although I do believe the rise of Skywalker is much higher than most folks. So when I was leaving the theater, episode nine, I was like, is it going to dethrone? But as time has gone on, the Empire Strikes Back has stayed number one in my heart. Uh, but we're going to talk about just reminiscing, nostalgia, what, what makes it such a great Star Wars movie and so on and so forth. But that's next week. This week we're talking about Man, if things did not happen in a certain way, and in some of these instances, very specific ways, things would be totally different. Things would be very different. It's hard to imagine Star Wars without all the little things that make it Star Wars, Yeah. right? But when you think about all the little details and how they all play together, the story could have been very different without the inclusion of these little teensy-deensy details.
Just in case you were lost, you are listening to... Nitrous Ascendancy. <laughs> Good save us. Yeah, you were thinking, something's missing here. And there it was, the last puzzle piece. You thought you had us. You complete me. Uh, so, let's just jump right into it. So, At first, unsung, wind. unsung heroes of the, pre- <laughs> the shallow wind. Next week, we're back. We're in a freaking wheelchair. Uh... We're talking about the unsung heroes of the prequels. I'm counting how many times I can say that before we actually start the show. I think we're up to 23. <laughs> um, anyways, so we will start from the top. Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. From the top. Everyone's favorite movie. <laughs> episode 1. Uh, no, for real though. I love... I love all the Star Wars movies, but episode you know one what? does have a special place in my episode heart. Episode one has a lot of rewatchability for me. That's what I'm saying. Dude, so many times Even I'm like... Even if it's just for the memes, I'm like, there it is, there it is. He said it. For the memes. Yeah, dude. Freaking episode one is so great. Uh, really think about this. Brought in some of the greatest characters of yeah. Star Wars all time. It's I'm the first time... a victory. <laughs> I'm gonna see... A victory. Dude, I showed Macy that one where it's like, even when I don't say it, and it's like, it's working! Dude, I was like, she was like crying, laughing in the kitchen so this morning. Good. So funny. Uh, so, uh, starting from episode one, you think about this, it's where you meet Mace Windu, it's where you meet Qui-Gon Jinn, it's where you meet Darth Maul, it's where you meet Anakin Skywalker as Anakin Skywalker, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's where you meet Jar Jar Binks, love him or hate him, been a big part of the of the franchise ever since for different reasons. Um, it's where you meet Sebulba. It's where you meet Watto. What would we do without Watto? What a killer cast of creatures. Mine takes the work on me. I think about like portions Only of memes. episode one and like it, they seem isolated, but it's, it's a pretty full movie. Where would we be in 2020? It's been a rough year and every once in a while I just have to sit and take a hot bath and think, they're still boss Nass. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it because I was smiling. If I, I have to completely loosen my cheeks, you LOL. Get those jowls to... all loose. Hang on. No, it's okay. You're gonna you're gonna shield it from the sound. Yes, yeah, so it won't be that loud. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't do it. I gotta do it randomly throughout the episode. I'm smiling too much. Uh, okay, so right from the get go, we're at the beginning of episode one. Some crazy things are happening, and they've got to get off Naboo. Mm-hmm. We've got to get the queen off of Naboo because the Trade Federation, which super underrated score, Real quick. the in- invasion of Naboo. Sometimes when I'm signing on to Xbox, <laughs> Live, I'll just have that talk. I'll just have that playing in the background. And I'll be like, "What's up, boys?" And I'll be like, bah, 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 bah. "You feels, go into war zone like that." Yeah. It feels dramatic. That's awesome. Uh, you are being if invaded. Going, if we're going in a chronological order, yeah, we. For better or for worse, mm-hmm. do owe a little bit of allegiance to everybody's best known Gungan. For the sake of saving himself from being blasted into oblivion. Woo woo! He helped the Jedi find Oda Gunga. Jar Jar Train! Which was their passage through the planet core. The planet core. So that they could get to Padme, get to yep. the Queen. And if it wasn't for Jar Jar, we would have never gotten to Oda Gunga and we never would have met. Captain Tarkles, super dope guy, yeah. and we never would have saw that cool, never to be seen again giant 
crocodile meets Godzilla thing that just eats that freaking well, let's talk about fish. if you listen to the soundtrack for the Phantom Menace, the droid invasion of Naboo is the same track as visiting Odagunga. So two very slept on mm, pieces of music there. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. That's the song that's playing whenever you first start that one uh, terrible flying game. Pilots game, yeah. They were lulling me into thinking it was going to be a good game, and then I was like, uh, we were six. Sector not clear. Sector not clear. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Crash. All right, restart. I'm nervous. Three, two, one. Crash. But yeah, so we stumble into Jar Jar. Jar Jar gives Qui-Gon the hug. The hug and snug underneath the... uh, Underneath the droid carrier, which is one of yes. the coolest ships in Star Wars, by the that way. That is called an MTT. There you go. There you go. Pretty cool. You yeah. know what I've always wondered? I've always wondered, okay, so if you have whatever, I can't remember this, what the repulsor lift, I guess, is the system that pushes ships in Star Wars off of the ground. You would think, in my mind, how it works is similar to like, you know, you have boats that hover and things like that, military craft. That Somebody stole my hover shoes. I can't hover. I can't, I can't glide. glide. <laughs> but you Seinfeld in the future. Stole your hover shoes. Stole uh, your hover shoes. But uh, I just always imagine that there's just an immense amount of pressure underneath those things that are pushing speeders and things off the ground. But then you have Qui-Gon and Jar Jar just chilling under there eating peanuts. Yeah. If How does I that had work? to guess, I would think it would have something to do with magnetic fields. So you just don't like, get squashed, but your credit cards are screwed. Yeah, just... There you go. The credits will not do fine. <laughs> no, they won't! What a oh, what, a, what a guy. What a, what a cheapo. Oh, yeah. Um, and so you, you've got the freaking uh, Jar Jar to start things off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're back. We're still on Naboo. Yeah. We've rescued the princess. You the queen, must I guess. contact me. I like Santa that Claus. See you, Bibble. His name is Santa Claus. <laughs> so we're yeah. getting off of Naboo, right? And there's a blockade. Trade Federation's doing the dirty. Yep. And we're running the blockade. When I was younger, I thought that the middle of the Trade Federation ships, I was like, so that's where the Death Star came from. <laughs> Dude, I remember when Episode One came out, our older brother, one of the only cool things that he did for me as a kid growing up, he took me to uh, a local, like, it was like a baseball card store when baseball cards were still like way bigger and they had they had star wars cards and i had like five dollars to my name you know i was a little kid and i was like Mm -hmm. i want five dollars i was at vegas i was like i'll take five on star wars cards and so i got the star wars cards it was like the full you got a full deck of like all the characters from that movie Mm -hmm. and the good guy cards had obi-wan on the back and a a bluish sheen yeah you don't talk about and the bad guys had darth maul and they had a nice reddish sheen exactly i came home one day from school and my mom my mother-in-law had thrown away all the bad guy cards because darth maul looked like the devil and i am not freaking kidding you readers at home welcome to my childhood i recently took the spanish inquisition when I had somebody ask me all the movies that I'd seen, because they were talking about Halloween movies, and they're like, Casper, and I was like, nope. Scooby-Doo? Nope. nope. Halloween Town? And I was like, the name Halloween's in the movie. No, I didn't see it. Yeah, I got asked recently what my favorite Halloween movie was, and I said, Ernest Scared Stupid. And I had to sneak that one in the house. Turns out, evil spirits can be controlled by milk. <laughs> 
So if you guys thought The Rise of Skywalker had a bad storyline, go watch Ernest Scared Stupid. I Trolls was, are eating children, but I they can be scared off by milk. <laughs> once grounded for a week by sneaking Dumb and Dumber into the house. You remember that? Worth Witchcraft. It. it was worth it. So... Yeah, so she threw away all the dark the, the dark side cards, and I remember being so pissed because I was um, when I was a kid. Now looking back on it, one of my favorite things was the battle droids when Episode One came out. Mm-hmm. By the time Episode Two came out, Jango Fett was there, and battle droids were relevant. But Episode One came out, and I was like, no, anything on the bathroom. Like I was just everything was in battle droid voice. They had different colors, so that was cool. Uh, they had the, everything, like the leaders had the yellow dots and all like blue and all this sort of stuff. So I was like, man, these are so cool. Darth Maul, of course, was crazy. And uh, so anyways, my mom threw away all my bad guy cards. And I was like, yo, mom, what's going on with this? And she was, I started crying, all right? I was, however old I was, five. And she goes, if you don't dry up your tears, I'm going to throw away your good guy cards. And I was like, What? Dude, if anybody ever thinks that Josiah and I are being severe, know that we are acting in grace the best that we know how. This yeah. is how we were raised. Come on, guys. Give us a break. I threw away your toy. Cry. I'll throw away the rest of them. <laughs> if you Say want... thank you. <laughs> thank you, Mom. Yeah, what the heck? Do we might... Now I'm going to go on the eBay today and spend a, a stupid amount of money buying the episode one cards to get them back. Anyway, so we're running the blockade. <laughs> Trying to get off Naboo finally again. And I feel shields, like I'm there. The shield trying to get off Naboo. Going down. Yeah. And uh, you know what? That little droid did it. That little droid did it. R2D2, the first time you see R2D2 in the prequels, he is the last Astromech. Um, which is kind of a cool concept because of course growing up with Star Wars, the first one to come out is episode four. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, Yeah, R2D2, what's the big deal? Yeah. But think about that, is that he was the la- he was just one of a fleet of mm-hmm. R two units. Um, one of them that was really cool looking, I can't remember the name of the droid, but he looks like a Coca-Cola can. He's like red and silver. He gets blasted to smithereenies. Blasted into oblivion. And so, yeah, R2 is the last droid and he fixes the shields mm-hmm. and gets them off of the, uh, off into the, Yeah, they run the blockade, know. they get their power back up for their shields and then, you know, but their hyperdrive is still leaking so they get... They gotta go to Tatooine. They gotta go to Tatooine. And there's there's funny because uh, which is a relatively neutral system, even though it's very corrupt. Yeah, I can't remember if it's um, which is why they chose it. I don't know if you ever paid that much attention. Yeah, yeah, it's neutral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember if it was Rick Oley, the the white dude that's the pilot, or if it's Captain Panaka, the the guy with the bad attitude. Um, well, we know who he is. But there, one of them says, uh, I think it's I think it's Panaka because he'd be like, we'd be sitting ducks. And I saw a meme where he's like, we can't go there. We'd be sitting ducks. And Qui-Gon looks at him and goes, what the F is a duck? Oh, yeah. I saw that. <laughs> I love stuff like that, dude. Uh, where Star Wars You know, if there was a planet that was going to have ducks, it would Naboo. be Naboo. Yeah. yeah. There's literally birds. I'm that pretty sure they, there are loons. Remember they break the yeah. surface? And yeah, it was loons. They're like, you can tell because the wings. Uh, but anyways, R2 saves the day. They make it to Tatooine. So it's not their preferred destination, but it's definitely a destination that's not back on Naboo, mm-hmm, getting mm-hmm. destroyed by the Nymodians. And then um, here's a really, really big one. And I'll start this and then you take it. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, Qui-Gon takes interest into... Uh, little just slave boy. Little, little slave boy, Anakin. I think you have. I think you have. Um, Sandstorms are very... 
very dangerous. I saw a hilarious meme the other day where it was uh, Anakin. And I was like, are you an angel? And, and uh, Padme goes, shut up, slave. And it says, directed by George Lucas. <laughs> That's where it ends. <laughs> That's the whole story, bro. Um, but uh, Qui-Gon really notices that there's potential in Anakin. He senses the Force uh, in him strongly. You know what I've always been curious about? What's that? How did they, like, Wi-Fi a blood sample? Hmm. Sending it in. Yeah. Because you got to think, if it had, if that little thing had the ability to process it, then he could just read the results. Oh, my God. Right? It just kind of shows the limitations of technology at the time. You know how it works. You have to fax it in, guys. Come on. What's the big deal? Liam faxes the blood in. I don't know. I don't understand the question. And they're like, George, if it can read it, why can't it just say the results? And he's like, you're talking nonsense. What is this? Now I'm going to be able oh, to send now, you. Now his little handheld device has a screen, too. What is this, Star Wars in real life? <laughs> I guess I'll just send a, a, a letter. We'll call it a text. You want oh. me to? You want me to text him a smell next? Is that what you'd like? <laughs> what if there was a website where you could just post? Anyone could post a video, YouTube or something. <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think maybe he sees there is. Well, <laughs> it's totally Obi Wan. He's in there fixing the ship. Which, by the way, you see him repairing the ship in the Phantom. Underrated. And in. Uh, the book, Master and Apprentice, Obi-Wan is like a ship fiend. He wants to know about all the ships. He loves flying. And uh, he knows how to repair all the ships. He's running diagnostics, helping the pilot fix things. Very cool stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little bit of Obi-Wan's character that I think is overlooked quite a bit. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because in Master and Apprentice, he's like, I'm going to be the first one to see them all. Yeah, right. And then you hear Anakin say something very similar in episode one. But uh, I saw a meme that uh, when... Qui-Gon and Anakin are going away from Darth Maul, and Darth Maul's about to just try and plaster this kid. Has no idea who he is, by the way. He's just a bad man. He's just a kid. bad man. And Qui-Gon goes, Anakin, duck! And Anakin drops, and then you see a picture of Obi-Wan on the ship, and he's smirking. He's like, so now that kid thinks the low ground is safe. <laughs> just storing it away in his file for later. Dude, that's so funny. That's so funny. Because we all know that Obi-Wan hated Anakin. He's like, why do I since we picked up yet another pathetic life form? Dude, it's so funny because... Uh, and then he hates him all of episode two. And then episode three, they're finally friends. Like when you're like, hey, dad, can we get a dog? And dad's like, no. And then three weeks later, you see the dad. And he's the one that dogs the dog. He's got the dog. Beethoven, basically. Yeah. Dude, uh, I saw a meme where it was like, Anakin Duck. And it's like, you're not the boss of me. And it's Darth Maul <laughs> running over Anakin. And it says, written by George Lucas. <laughs> Uh, no, they're sand. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Qui-Gon takes a liking to Anakin, and he just senses that this he has an incredible future ahead of him. Mm -hmm. And um, it's kind of funny. It's a little bit shysty, but I dig it. But there's this moment where he wants to... Uh, it's kind of weird because it's it kind of shows the... Qui-Gon is definitely not the Jedi of moral absolutes, by oh, the way. no, no, no. Yeah, he follows the rules, but it doesn't mean he can't get laid to Corey Lavaros. Qui-Gon is the uh, master of moral relativism. Yeah. He's like, you know what? If it serves my purpose, I think it's the right thing to do. <laughs> Turns out he was right. Uh, but it's interesting because you kind of see the hypocrisy of slave ownership on Tatooine because he's like, you know, yeah, I'll put my slave out there. And if he dies, he dies for the pod race or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. He doesn't really care about him. I mean, I think Watto's a, a, a decent 
individual or whatever. Um, Annie? And then, and then, oh, it is I like when his when he gets excited, his wings do like that. Uh, but the there's price. this moment where he's he's like, if he if he wins, you keep the parts from my from his pod, which is Anakin's pod, right? And uh, I'll take the boy and his mother. Which my other question is, what was the plan with that? Anakin trains, and he like does Qui Gon take in Shmi? No, I think maybe he was just trying to get her out of there because he didn't I believe in slavery. I think he would. I think he has. <laughs> or maybe one could think that he knew that Watto would turn down the idea of giving him two slaves, but if he asked for two, one would seem more reasonable. Ooh, I want a $25,000 raise. Right. 15 at the most. Deal. Deal. Yeah. I would have taken 10, idiot. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Uh, is What's that? Is it on the office where he's like... Oh, he's like, hey, when you go in there, tell him we should stock more double tab Manila five folders. And he's like, we don't carry double tab Manila five folders. He's like, oh yes, we do. And he's like, I'm actually gonna ask for a pay decrease. And Dwight goes, that is so stupid. Why would you do that? What if you actually get it? And then Jim goes, then I win. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Dude, I can't remember. There's there's a story I'm thinking of where there's a character that's like. Uh... Oh, it's a story of... A, it's actually a real story. It's Ulysses S. Grant. He was given $50 to buy a horse, and he said he, that his dad said, go and buy this horse, Ulysses, and uh, here's $20 or $50. I don't know how money worked back then. But it was basically like... Uh, I don't him, know how money I, I think it was. I think it was 20 bucks, and he said, I'll offer him 10 and the max you can give him is 20 right? So Ulysses S. Grant goes down there, and he uh, he goes... All right, I want to buy this horse. I can give you ten dollars, and if you don't want that, I can give you twenty. <laughs> and he goes, "All right, twenty it is." And they actually used to make fun of him, and his name was not Ulysses S. Grant; it was Ulysses. I can't remember what his middle name started with, but um, uh, and then, anyways, he didn't like that name, and so he actually started going by Sam because. Good name. When they, yeah, when they miswrote his, or when they misread his uh, application at West Point, it said Ulysses S. Grant. And they were like, Uncle Sam Grant? Wow, you were born to be in the military. And that, like, changed his whole life. But there, there you go. So, yeah. It reminds he, me of when we were in Mexico and the guy wanted to charge me $20 for sunglasses. Okay, and I know I only had $5 in my pocket. Uh-huh. And I was like, 20 I'll give you 2 And then uh, worked my way up to 5 <laughs> Got some sunglasses. Dude, I remember you were so proud. That was so funny. Yeah. Uh, but swindled that guy. One of the this one of the major points in Star Wars history is the old swindly swindle that Qui Gon pulls oh, when yeah. they gamble for. You think um, you're some kind of a Jedi? Why have you been around like that? Yeah, he says no. No pot is worth two slaves. Not even you know. Not, not by a long shot. shot. And he says, okay, well then we'll chance it. And he says. Uh, blue the boy, red is mother. And it's never been explicitly stated, but I always but suspected I it was a But I guarantee you that's die. a loaded die. Yeah. Yeah. So Watto throws it, and he's like, yeah, you know what's super loaded? The Force. And he turns it on blue, and the he's like... The Force reloaded. Yeah. And he, <laughs> and he says, uh, he says, he's not going to win anyway, so it doesn't make any difference. Oh, man, so crazy. But anyway, so Obi-Wan... Uh, or I guess Qui-Gon takes a liking to this kid. They take him wherever they go. Yep. Um, but what really is important is that even when the Jedi refuse to train Anakin, he makes Obi-Wan swear that he'll train Anakin. So he made sure that his death was not in vain, that if he was going to die, he was going to use it to manipulate Obi-Wan 
into training somebody who the Jedi were going to reject. And, uh, mm-hmm. and the little, and the mini collection of um, maneuvers that Qui-Gon pulls in The Phantom Menace. You know, we have the continuation of the Skywalker Saga, or the Skywalker Saga, rather. It's so crazy, because, like, that one little die is everything, everything goes from that. And so, um, that's a huge one, and then he, he makes Obi-Wan promise to train him, mm-hmm. and, uh, goes from there, and he's really training Obi-Wan for, or Qui-Gon, he's training Anakin for Qui-Gon's sake. Dave Filoni talks about this in Disney Gallery with the Mandalorian, and he says that, Anakin doesn't experience true selflessness until Luke sacrifices his life to save him. And in that moment, you know, 40-something years later, 50 years later, Anakin realizes he has the opportunity to be the father that he never had. Man, what a heart-wrenching moment. Dude, I could watch Dave, I, I could watch Dave Filoni talk about Star Wars for hours. Uh, but episode one, R2 saves Padme's ship. Quagon loads the dice against Watto. Can't trick the trickster. Yep. Pulled a fast one on him. And the Gungans kind of saved the day a little and bit. And then the Gungans saved the day. Even though they, let's be honest, they lost that battle. Oh, dude, they were getting they wrecked. Trashed. The shield was cool. The shield was they cool. They needed to be able to fire. They from needed it. a bigger uh, Bronchiosaurus. <laughs> that freaking, dude, that thing got destroyed pronto. Yeah. But yeah, they needed, they needed to be able to fire from within the shield. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Not and those uh, those boobas ain't they're not working for you. Uh, episode two, this is a good one. You called this one from the start. Yeah. So uh, let's acknowledge. Let's give credit to where credits due. Corday, as we would say, did her job, but she died so that Padme could live. Mm-hmm. If Padme died at any given time, obviously Star Wars would have changed drastically. Right. I mean, we knew she had to live. It's just one of those things. But thanks to Corday. Padme survived the uh, the attempt on Padme's life. That left her scarred and deformed. <laughs> <laughs> but this leads us to another train of thought, which is the fact that Jango Fett and Zam. Jango Fett, Zam Wessel, yep. were uh, making an attempt on Padme's life, which ultimately led to yep, the manhunt that took Obi-Wan to Kamino. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because it's it's a two-headed monster. This was a huge one because... Mm-hmm. Um, it's multifaceted, this one. It reminds me, I saw a meme where I, a hitman uh-huh. got arrested, and it was basically almost exactly like Star Wars, where a hitman was hired by a hitman who was hired by a hitman who was hired by a hitman who was hired by a hitman. It's literally five guys. Really? They all went to prison together, and it was like the first one hired you know, a guy who yeah. hired a guy who hired a guy. So it was kind of like you know, Palpatine got Dooku to do his thing, who got... Freaking Django. Django, who got Zam, who got those little centipedes. <laughs> yeah, I never understood why the very beginning, because um, Zam is also the one who sets the bomb mm-hmm. at the very beginning of episode two. Because if you think about it, whenever uh, they meet up and he hands her the the worms, mm-hmm. uh, he says, there could be no mistakes this time. Which, there you go. You're welcome. That's my Django Fett impersonation. Uh, but it's interesting because I, just, I never got the the concept of why not just go do it himself. Is it because it's too political and it'd be hot water if he got busted? I think it's just because he knew that he was important to greater things. Like, he had other business to attend to. But his, I mean? his his DNA had already started been, obviously started to be used for the clones. Yeah, but we think about the Clone Wars where they didn't have the template anymore and the quality of the clones was starting to suffer. 
You know what I mean? They kind of needed him to hang around. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. I, uh... Yeah, he hires out to Zam. I always wondered if Zam and him had a thing. No. Or if maybe maybe it was like uh, that new Netflix show Ratchet, and she was, she's a bucket, and he's he's the doctor. Doctor Hanover. Dude, yeah, because she's. I like, find you repulsive. <laughs> if you talk to me again, I will strike. You. I will strike you I'll in strike the face. You. I will strike you in the face. Dude, I was like dying laughing at that part. Um, but so Django hires Zam, who sets the bomb, and then after that, there could be no mistakes this time. And they they sick those disgusting centipedes on uh, Padme. R two literally sleeping on the job. Yeah, R two drops the ball pretty bad on this. So one. let's go ahead and uh, strike him from episode <laughs> one because he almost gives it up in episode two. Uh, and then these worms. Uh, Anakin saves Padme, but the double attempt on her life uh, forces her into hiding, which mm-hmm. is really starts to, like you said, it's a right. two-edged so sword. It's, it sends... It's two important things come from this. One, yeah. let's talk about my guy. So Obi-Wan's on the manhunt. Starts yeah. when he jumps out the window and clings onto that little robot, which Remember I guess is cool, another higher out. Remember that cool toy? Yeah, I was just about to the, talk about that. Okay, that was ahead. my favorite Obi-Wan figure of all time. He had a magnet in his hand that never stuck to the droid, but I always like to think that maybe I could get him to do it if I held it there long enough. Also, can we talk about how the magnet was as big as this microphone in his hand? Yeah, it stuck like way out, yeah. but still wasn't strong. Anyway. Uh, so he cool goes, idea, yeah, though. He goes on that hunt, and uh, he... Eventually, thanks to you, lost him. I can't believe it. Hmm. He went completely the other way. The other way. And then you know they get Zam. They get to Zam. Obi Wan does not Obi Wan chops her arm off. You in get the middle the, of a crowded bar. You get the first awkward moment from Anakin where he goes, "Tell us now." <laughs> Every single time I'm like, "Tone it down." I'm like, "Please, please tell us." All right, that's been too long. Tell us now! <laughs> you see a little bit of his Kylo in there? Yeah, yeah. Except for he doesn't have Adam Driver's voice. So there's a big difference. You know what? I'm not going to mock anybody for not having the voice that they want. You know what? No, I love Hayden Christensen, and I wish I could give him a hug right now. But his voice definitely does not... He doesn't have a good yelling voice, is what I'm saying. Which, that's okay. Me neither. Um, but anyway, so... But you have crazy Jingle. eyes. Thanks. I feel like you would. it would look more <laughs> Thanks, natural. I guess. <laughs> I think that Hayden Christensen, sometimes when he's it's getting because he's to, Canadian. He's so That's nice. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the he's problem. two-dimensional. All right, tell us now, all right? <laughs> <laughs> tell us now. I'm just kidding, Hayden. We love you. Um, but anyway, so the Camino dart goes into Zam's neck. Yep. And com- and she turns yeah. from hot to ugly in two seconds. Do you really think she was attractive? Uh, she was a human being, which is much more attractive than any Claudite, yes. <laughs> And so uh, she's okay. Obi Wan had that dart, and he goes to his boy Dex, who apparently is the most knowledgeable diner owner in the entire galaxy. <laughs> that always... I specialize in pancakes and assassination. <laughs> I think I lay awake at night thinking about that. That Obi Wan's like Jedi archives are incomplete. You know who would know Dex, <laughs> a guy who runs a diner. Dude, yeah. Like, that was his first go-to. He doesn't go to anybody else. He goes hey, straight to Hey, make Dex. sure that the burritos have the cilantro. Also, that's a Camino and Saber dart. Isn't that so funny? Yeah. Two random things. I know a lot about cooking and a lot about death. <laughs> like, what? And cloning. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I... And why do the Caminoans have Saber darts? Uh, Who are they hunting? Nobody. 
they literally never leave their little they island. never leave and the only other thing that you see on there is that giant manta ray that can swim and fly which is very cool very cool uh but yeah so you have a crazy moment where zam and Django's combination you know higher out higher out Leads to Anakin and Padme going to Naboo, right. where they start really start kissy kissy. They start they start having the uh, the chemistry growing because up until that point, the chemistry is not there. Please don't you've, look at me. You've <laughs> you've grown more attractive. If you I look mean. at me again, I will strike you. I will strike you in the face. <laughs> he literally tells her, "You've grown." Uh, she says, "My goodness, you've grown." And he says, "So have you. More beautiful, I mean." <laughs> For a senator, I mean, dude, and everyone's like, oh, God, Anakin, your pickup lines are trash. Yeah, Obi-Wan's not feeling it, not in the least. He's totally in the back of his head being like, uh, Duchess Satine would be so much hotter than Padme. He's not even close. Uh, anyways, so you she have... see those macaroni noodles she wears in her hair? Oh, my God, that does it for me. She's a pacifist. <laughs> we agree on literally nothing. But we both use our pinkies. <laughs> She's literally a Mandalorian, isn't that crazy? Uh, so you have uh, you have Padme and Anakin yeah, going so to Naboo. That's what's crazy, though, is that this one action, yeah, is two of the most important things. They're in so Star Wars. scared of those bugs that they go to Naboo. Yeah, go to a whole other world. Me yeah. too, though. I hate spiders. Mm. Have you ever seen a giant centipede in life, like in real life, in person, in the wild? I have. It's terrifying. They're monstrous little creatures. They're like this long. One time I was on a missions trip to Botswana, Africa, and I saw a black mamba in real life. Did you race it? No, I nearly peed my pants. Did you toss it a basketball? <laughs> no. See what you can do, Snake. Let's see what you're about. That's funny. Uh, but Just dribbling the basketball? It would do great. That's what it would do. Like the snake from Robin Hood? Using his little tail. Oh, yeah. But, uh, so this sends things off into an... I mean, think about that. Really... Maybe the the biggest change in that whole movie is Obi Wan goes to Kamino, meets the legendary Jango Fett, father to the greatest bounty hunter in the history of the galaxy, and then uh, you have Anakin and Padme who go to Naboo and really start expressing their affections for one another, and uh, Dex knows about the Kaminoans, which yep. is crazy, and then you had that lady. Uh, oh, what's her name? Jocasta New. Dude. What a what a what a lady! I just I don't care for her at all. When she, order, it's a pretty classic librarian, though. When we for, when we fast forward to episode three, if it's not in the archives, it simply doesn't exist. But she was so rude about it, though. Like in the in the uh, yeah, but she, it's her life. You know what I mean? In like the Vader she, comics, she takes pride in it. In the Vader comics, it's you root for her. But I remember in episode two being like, "All right, screw you, lady." Like, she's so rude to Obi-Wan, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, yeah, you should be, you idiot. So whenever episode three happens and it's like, execute order 66, I was like, start with that librarian. She's so rude. Hurry up, Anakin. Get there. Ugh. Just people like that just annoy the crap out of me. Like, when you go to college and you have a question for your professor and they're like, oh, you don't understand, like, quantum physics already? You're 18 years old. What's wrong uh, with you? Idiots. Idiots. So uh, that's a huge one, and then here's a big one. Here's a here's man a, named... an unsung hero. That fireplace. <laughs> what? I'm just kidding. It was like a bonding <laughs> moment for for uh, Christensen. That's really funny. Padme. Um, why did you call him Christensen? I don't know. 
It's there. Uh, or the violin player in that scene where they kissed, and it's like... And she pulls away, and it's like... <laughs> that music dropping out was one of like, the funniest moments in all the Star Wars. John Williams is like... You just see him drink. Stop, 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 stop. It's like, like uh, it's like freaking Spider-Man when uh, the guy that's the one with the ring and he's like, tell him to go get the ring and uh, Peter Parker's like, and he goes, <laughs> tells all the people with the freaking ring in the wine glass to go that's back. so funny, dude. Oh, man. Uh, and then you have Unsung Hero with one leg, Klieg Lars. Oh, yeah. Shmi is my wife. I earned her with the work of my hands. <laughs> I knew you were going to go back there. Um, Had to be done. Had to be but done. But he, uh, he buys Shmi from... What a romantic gesture. <laughs> She's hot. I'm going to buy her. <laughs> <laughs> He's like... Waddle, I'll give you my two best goats. <laughs> it's like a reverse dowry, I guess. I don't know. Waddle's like... <laughs> No, they won't. She can't carry anything anymore. I'm taking for a goat and a half. She goes out there and he's like... Foreshadowing. She goes outside and... One of the goats is missing legs. <laughs> she goes outside and Cleek's like, Hey, would you go get the mushrooms off the wish evaporators? And Shmi's like, I don't want to. And he's like, Don't say I never did nothing for you. I bought you with the work of my hands. You want to get married or something? Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah, it's hard um, for me to be go like... down a dark path quickly. So let's just move on from it. <laughs> it's hard for me to imagine. But anyway, you want to get married? The answer is yes. Say yes, or you're sold. <laughs> Talk about heavy-handed leverage! Oh my god. I heard the Jawas are looking for a helper. Ugh. You know, unless you want to find yourself looking at those rats all day, the answer is yes, me. So anyway. Uh, he acquires her through some <laughs> through the work of his means. hands. We've established uh, but that. But then he also loses her <laughs> through the work of his hands. Through not working with his hands, she was out there picking the mushrooms out the moisture evaporators by herself. Anyways, yeah, I had Freaking... Taco Bell yesterday. Been crapping my brains out. <laughs> she goes out to get some mushrooms to help me clear up my uh, indigestion. And Lars decided the... he would sleep in. His wife gets stolen. <laughs> That's why you always get up when the alarm goes off, gentlemen. Yeah, the early bird keeps their wife. <laughs> So, Klieg Lars, sweet guy, uh, what a man. He, he buys and marries, uh, he frees her and marries her to quote Watto, and then uh, it's interesting because not that he really did anything special, uh, but what the actions that he did really changed the outlook of Star Wars forever because, um, shout out to the Tuscans, if they hadn't done their part. You know what, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Go for it. The Tuscans single-handedly oh defeated God. the Empire. Go for it. Keep going. Think about it. You gotta get the hands out there. They sacrificed their lives so that Anakin would turn to the dark side and then Anakin having taken steps towards moving away from being he, a proper Jedi has kids. He feels bad. He so comforts that he himself. can go all the way to the dark side when he thinks they're dead and then... Yep, redeems himself and kills the emperor, saving the galaxy. So I'm gonna say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. I don't elbow. care that you broke your elbow. <laughs> These Tuscans, the Tuscan Raiders, saved the galaxy, the whole village. The Tuscan Not, Raiders maybe did the greatest thing. The greatest thing they that ever defeated happened in the Star empire. Wars. And listen, and listen. 
and not just the men. Not just the men. But the women. But the women. And the children and too. And the children too. Oh god. They defeated the empire. Yeah. Because listen, if you don't have the whole blow-up moment where Qui-Gon's like, Anakin, no! <laughs> then... Can you imagine like Force goes Qui-Gon in slow motion? He's like, <laughs> dude. He's like, Anakin, no! Anakin, Anakin, hey, hey! Oh, jeez. Stop it. Stop. No. You've killed so many. I, I think about it like when you see Why the does... dog in the house and he starts sniffing around a bunch. And you're like, hey, what are you doing? And then their back starts to hunch up and you're like, no, no, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And they're already pooping though. And they're like, <laughs> and then you make that awkward eye contact. I had my dog one time. He was like pooping in the house and he was by the door though. And I was like shoving him out the door and there's a little trail of poop all the way out Aww. the door. Except for the poop is dead. Tuscans, Except women, and children, too. <laughs> dead, dead Tuscans. He's pooping up dead Tuscans. Oh, the Tuscans lay down their life so that Anakin can comfort himself and Padme's embrace. They get married. They have kids. Luke goes on to defeat the Emperor with the help of Darth Vader. Can we also talk about how Shmi was like, do you think we'll see each other again? She, and he's like, yes. She's like, well, then we'll see each other again. And then they do, but she's dead. Yeah, they do see each other a little bit. What a loophole, George. George Lucas would be the worst genie in a bottle. <laughs> you want to see your mom again? Watch her die. <laughs> You'll see her again, you understand, but she's been raped by Tuscan Raiders. Okay, come on. You knew what happened. Uh, and then the last one for episode two, I would like to note that uh, he's, he's in uh, at least two episodes doing the unsung work. Uh, that's why he's a fan favorite. Uh, but you have Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar's the opposite of a Tuscan, where he single-handedly threw the galaxy into ruin. He grants emergency powers to the Supreme Chancellor. If only there was uh, a diplomat, uh, you know, uh, maybe a handsome Gungan brain. <laughs> he just butters him up. Long ears like this, <laughs> and a big bushy tail like this. You think maybe you a could... mouth like a duck's bill? <laughs> ears like a like a like a like a ruined pancake. <laughs> like a like maybe Clegg Lars was pouring the batter. <laughs> <laughs> maybe ears like the dribble off of uh, spray paint, just hanging down your backside. Maybe yeah. big tumors for eyes. But yeah, Jar Jar uh, grants emergency powers to the Supreme Chancellor to create the. It's really crazy because <laughs> he's like, I guess I'll have to create an army. And the comedians are like, oh, whew, good, because we have 1.2 million of them. <laughs> why 1.2 also? Why not a million or 1.5 million? That or really 7 million. Me. Yeah. You know when you think about it, 1.2 million is not really that many. Not that many. To conquer a galaxy. Yeah. Well, they've definitely, I, I assume they created more. Well, it was As time went. 500,000, 200,000 with a million more well on the yeah, way. Yeah, 1.2. Yeah, but like two two hundred thousand were already ready. Right, million well on the way. So there were definitely so creating. See, yeah, there were definitely more afterwards. More but coming. Still, but still. um, so that's pretty crazy. The emergency powers that give Chancellor Palpatine the ability to enact the uh, the Grand Army of the Republic, which is the greatest faction that the galaxy has ever known, and uh, then you have <clears throat> right after that, if Jar Jar doesn't do that then really episode two is a waste because all of the Jedi that you need in the world are killed on Geonosis. And, um, man, what, isn't that kind of so, it's so sloppy I of think the Jedi to be like, all right, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin are on Geonosis. Let's all go get killed for them. I don't think that it was like that because all the Jedi that were there knew that 
Yoda was coming with the army. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's true. So they had that plane up their sleeve. That's true. Um, let's talk a little bit about how Obi-Wan's quips saved the day for episode two for me, which is where he makes two great jokes back oh, to back. Where Anakin's like, we came to rescue you, Master. <laughs> and Obi-Wan looks up at his handcuffs and he goes, good job. Good job. Freaking savage. And then uh, he's like, what about Padme? And then Obi-Wan's like, she looks to be on top of things. And she was literally on top of things, man. Dude, you know what always surprised me? How wimpy that cat thing was. The Nexu? You know what we can talk about also, though, is the fact that as soon as Obi-Wan had a lightsaber, he went straight for the arms. Of the Ackley? Of the Ackley. Straight very for the smart. arms. Very smart. No, that's very Obi-Wan, bro. He's oh, just straight for the limbs. arms? Chopping limbs, bro. Anybody got a drink? <laughs> Anybody watching this? Jedi business. <laughs> what's the Ruth? What's the scariest... <laughs> I predict this arm's coming off. <laughs> what's the scariest of the three animals in the arena? Ackley, for sure. Really? Yeah. You played on freaking Felucia, Star Wars Battlefront 2, 2005. Terrifying. I'm interested. Ackley, for sure. I don't sure. know. I think, the, I think the Ackley is the scariest, but the Reek is the most intimidating. Does that make sense? No. I would, I would if I had to pick, I would I would choose that Reek 10 times out of 10 before I go with that Ackley. But uh, that's probably part of my arachnophobia. I wonder who wins in a fight, Ackley or Reek, straight up fight. But I think the Reek's just not nimble enough to take on an Ackley. Yeah, Ackley-y. but it's like a thousand times stronger. Hey, did you know that they swim? What? The Ackley. Yeah, because they're based on spiders, spider swimming. Have you ever seen it? It's they terrifying. They can swim. You're literally never seen from a spider. Did it, One of us sent this to the other one. This was like probably a year ago, but it was like... A uh, spider walking on water? No, no. It's Heck a no. It's a thing about the Ackley where it talks about that they're... Uh, that they not only can they walk, but they can swim. They're not just reptiles, but they're also classified as amphibians. And they're also... Some of them are, have known to be force-sensitive. Have you... Did I send oh, you that? Yeah, 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 and it yeah. was like, I don't want to live here anymore. <laughs> But Jar Jar granting emergency powers obviously makes the Clone Wars possible. Also, we could talk about how R2 saved Padme's life in the droid factory on Geonosis. Oh, yeah. With the dadgum shutting down the factory and whatnot. Yep. He had Um, those secret jetpack boosters that nobody knew about. Oh, yeah. Which come to great use in the next installment, which takes Mm -hmm. us to episode three. Uh, right off the bat again, R2-D2. Yeah. R2 saves the day again. He's he's vindicated himself after almost letting Padme die. die. Yep. Um, and we're in the beginning of episode three. We're on General Grievous's flagship. Mm-hmm. And he's in the hangar. It's him versus two B2 battle droids, which is pretty stacked odds for anybody. Do you prefer battle droids from episode one that are like completely robotic? Or do you prefer battle droids from episode three like that, that have, have the attitude? Like, remember when he you're gives, welcome. Yeah, he yeah. gives the lightsabers to Grievous, and Grievous is like, snatches them, and he's like, you're welcome. Dude, that's so funny. It reminds me of, uh, I worked with these two girls, and one of them was from, like, <clears throat> the south, and then the other one's from the north, and the girl is from the north, just had, like, a more abrasive personality, uh-huh. and she would, like, grab things like that, and I remember one day, my, <laughs> the other coworker was like, Quit snatching. And I just heard it from the other room and I started dying laughing. Because <laughs> that's, how, that's how she accepted everything was just yeah, a snatch? Yeah, like, like, hand me this pen. She'd be like, no, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'd be like, hey, you can go. I steal that pen? And she's like, thanks. Ugh. I don't like that at all. Yeah, I don't like it at all. So she was like, quit snatching. Quit and I knew snatching. exactly what she was talking about. So that's I started really dying funny. laughing. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, R2, 
He gets out and he's he not only first is, of all R two could win the World Series of Poker <laughs> because he's like oh I don't know beat do beat do and then he's like hope you like my urine B two <laughs> my yeah. flammable urine that, that is, is. kind of funny he does kind of for a droid he's like he just pooped all over that B two gives them the old Braveheart where they're like can they hold up their their kilts and they're showing the English their wings. And their booties. You like this? I like the... I mean, I don't like it for the sake of that guy, but I think it's funny when he gets that arrow stuck in his cheek because he doesn't turn around in time. Oh, yeah. Freaking that, hilarious. That is really funny. What an embarrassing battle wound. Um, but you have R2 with the elevator right after that, uh, making sure that the, uh, that the Jedi are saved and things like that. Um, also, it makes me wonder... First of all, props to Palpatine... Oscar Award for just sticking to his, like, oh, help me, yeah. you know, holding on. I would have been trepidatious of his abilities being, like, what, 80 years old or something like there, something like that. And he's, like, just holding on, like, yep, no problem. I'm just hanging in here when they're, like, yeah. vertically in the elevator. Um, but so that's really cool. And then uh, I'll, t- I'll just take the next you know one what? because Look, you're really fighting real, for this one. Real quick. Um We've talked about it in the Dooku episode, but let's talk about how Dooku's commitment to the dark side. Oh, saved bro. The day. He knew he was about to die, but he also stuck to the Sith motto of if he didn't win, he doesn't deserve to live. If you didn't win, then you didn't yeah, win. He, he didn't deserve he to He could have blown the whistle on Palpatine right then and there, but he didn't. <laughs> he lost his hands, but he didn't lose his ability to speak. He just held his tongue. Yeah, I really wonder. Which also, he tried to kind of blow the whistle in episode two, calling out the space Nazis. Mm-hmm. conspiracy theory and obi-wan was just not having it dude talk about that it's nobody ever talks about it but in episode two whenever they capture um when they capture obi-wan and he's just in that like floating prison uh and he, the the mr incredible prison yeah, it looks massively uncomfortable and uh remember when he's like oh they've gone too far my friend this is, this is ridiculous and he says uh Insubordination. He says the Why Senate... in my RAF days? <laughs> His eyes are too close together. Um, so he says the Senate is being run by a Sith Lord by the name of Darth Sidious. And he's the one that's pulling the strings on both sides. It's actually Ian McDermott. He's playing the <laughs> Supreme Chancellor. Qui-Gon would have believed me. And Obi-Wan's like, well, I don't believe you. And I don't care what you say. I'll, I'll die before I believe you. I'll, I'll cut my best friend in half. Uh, it's just crazy. Incredible. Like, I wonder, and I want, like, what does that mean? Do you think he was just goading Obi-Wan to try to get him to join? It's Dooku. Dooku's playing layered games. Uh, you know I mean, his, his motives are never so obvious. Crazy. But anyway, so uh, this is one that I really wanted. This is your personal, this is your one. Yeah, I take credit for this one entirely. Agree or disagree, I don't care. <laughs> uh, let's talk about how that Varactyl helped to end the war. So, if you don't know, Varactyl is the creature that Obi-Wan's riding on Utapau. He's the feathered lizard. Yep. And if it wasn't for the Varactyl... You need to make the noise so they know who you're talking about. Uh... <laughs> it's pretty good. Uh, and if he didn't come to help Obi-Wan, General Grievous would have gotten away and the war would have kept going. Yep, Grievous was well on his way to getting to his own personal little ship. He literally made it to the landing platform, and uh, Obi-Wan wouldn't have been able to keep stride if it wasn't for the Varactyl. So the Varactyl ended the war. (coughs) They're so nimble. Single pod. And it's very cool because props to uh, Claudia 
Claudia Gray for writing in the Varactyl yeah, in Master and Master and Apprentice. Apprentice. Yeah. Also, that Varactyl, much like our heroic uh, Tusken Raiders, laid his life down for the sake of the galaxy. That always makes me so sad. Yeah. I, in my heart of hearts, I always just believe that he made it. You know? I imagine he's a strong Are we going to have to wait till 2045 to get the certain point of view from episode three? Because I want to know what the Varactyl's thinking. Maybe a 20-year anniversary. I don't know. Maybe. Crap. It's already been 20 years of Phantom Menace and they haven't done it. Frick. Too late. Maybe 25 years. And it'll be... T- ah, but then it'll be 25 stories. Oof. That's a toughie. That is a toughie. Yeah, so... If you're out there, Disney books, uh, please let us know what your plans are for, for a certain point of view from the uh, prequel trilogy. And also answer my emails. Thank you. Uh, and then this is another good one. Uh, the Wookiees are... Man, I just feel so bad for the Wookiees because they were being attacked by the Separatists. I am surprised, though. The Wookiees get the shaft, like, throughout. Yeah, like, that they really do. Happening. I really wonder about why, if the Wookiees are so... I guess maybe they're just not as numerous? Because why would they need the clones to help them fight the Separatists? Maybe, well, maybe the numbers yeah. just aren't there? I guess not. But in every, like, Star Wars, like, war game or Battlefront or anything, Kashyyyk is, like, a major, major, major... You win that, you pretty much win the war. Mm-hmm. So I understand the... the Importance, and of course, Caddy Mundy had their back, asking about the droid attack on the Wookiees. The droid attack on the Wookiees. Um, but I do wonder often. Where was Gondor when they dra- <laughs> when the Shut droid attacked the Wookiees? Uh, but uh, when the crap hits the fan and the clones have started to turn on everyone, uh, our boys Tarful and Chewbacca really put themselves at risk and put Yoda first, mm-hmm. and they know it's important. And I think Chewbacca, throughout the movies, you kind of have a sense that Chewbacca understands things on a grander level mm-hmm. than the average guy. He definitely guy. has an aura of patience. Well, not just, yeah, mm-hmm. that, and it's like he's, he just kind of sees the bigger picture, like even more so than some of your mains, like mm-hmm. Luke and Han specifically. Leia probably sees the bigger picture more than most, but Luke and Han both are like, you know, well, I'm going to get my credits and get out of here. And then Luke's yeah. going to be like, well, I'm going to get my power converters and get out of here. And Chewbacca's like, I've been running for 200 years. <laughs> like, you got to figure it out. But uh, first, got to get out from under this water. <laughs> <coughs> he coughs up. He's like, God, I've had a loogie for 35 years. Uh, but, yeah, they risk their life to get um, Yoda to that escape pod, which sends him back to, to Coruscant, I want to say. I think he makes it onto Bail Organa's ship. And Bail gets there you moved. go. He bails him out. <laughs> Speaking of Bail... Yeah, uh, Bale, Bale, let's talk about it. He was kind of the real MVP. Dude, the unsung hero. For like the whole third, last third of the movie. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, you always have, whether it's not necessarily individual sports, but team sports, there's always that player that's not the quote-unquote most valuable, mm-hmm. but you couldn't win without him. Right. You know? He's like a role so player. So it's like he's the, the Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan, or with this year's playoffs, you have the Anthony Davis. Like, there are games that that secondary guy comes through mm-hmm. even more than your first player. And uh, that's Bail Organa. Bail Organa is not Yoda. He's not Obi Wan. He's not Force sensitive. He's a politician. He's but he's a good one. Yeah. He's he's the rare he does, case of someone who really cares. He does a lot of important things. He uh, <clears throat> rescues Yoda and Obi Wan. He gives Yoda a lift after he fails to assassinate Palpatine. Yep. He uh, drives up in that sick he Corvette. Gets in touch with Obi Wan, letting him not to go back to Coruscant, and gives yep. him the coordinates so that they could rendezvous. Um, yep. Even after they left Coruscant, they're still on Bail Organa's ship. 
the Tantive before. Um, they take him out to wherever, uh, was it Polis Massa, mm-hmm. where Padme had the twins. He adopts Leia. I mean, like, a lot of important things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he adopts Leia, and he keeps her... It's interesting because he is... He's such a good father that you would think he would just hide her forever. But mm-hmm. he keeps her involved in things. He keeps her around. Um, and he he really has uh, a heart for the, the betterment of everyone around him. Right. He's not, uh, you know, and then he showed up in Rogue One. And he's he's still fighting for everybody. He mm-hmm. shows up and he's like, now things have really started to crack down. Obviously, by the time of Rogue One, it's been almost 20 years later. The crap's never been, like, worse you know, things have yeah. gotten worse. The The Empire's fist, like Leia says, is really starting to tighten. And he's still, like, not giving up on the dream. Yeah. And at that point, you have to remember, the Rebellion has not done well yet. You know, Rogue yeah. One is, like, a huge slaughter. And they get the plans, and they're like, a victory! Right. You know, like, until A New Hope, the Rebellion's never really done anything good against the Empire. And come out... You know, Strong. stronger for yeah. it. You know, you gain Luke and Han Solo and Chewbacca and notoriety. You've defeated the Death Star after A New Hope. But even after Rogue One, it's like they get the plans. They don't know if they're even worth anything. They don't mm-hmm. really know what's on there. It's been like a crap hole to get there. Everyone dies. Yeah, Radis is taken. Like you lose one of your best commanders, and Bail Organa is along for the ride. Whatever it takes, he doesn't care, and uh, he's probably the best friend to the Jedi. Yeah, as Out far of as everyone. politicians go, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, well, it, you, when you think about his influence in Leia's life, you have to think that he worked with Padme and Anakin both at their best. Yeah. And he knew whatever kid they had was going to have an important life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he didn't, he wasn't so protective of her out of fatherly instinct that he limited her potential. If anything, he trained exactly. her and made her who she was meant to be. Yeah. Uh, and then we're getting down to the last two. Um, these guys are two unsung heroes. Uh, but Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru Lars. Yep. When it comes to raising orphan boys, they're on fire. Oh, my God. <laughs> they're killing it. <laughs> Luke, raising you is killing me. We can keep going forever. Where there's smoke, there's the Lars homestead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's um, but I think that we see Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in episode four, and they're so, like, gruff that you're like, this guy's a douche. Uh, but he really does amazing things, and uh, what a sacrifice. Like, life on Tatooine already sucks. Yep. And they're like, you know what we should do? It's Adopt really a kid. It's super hot. Uh, you know, people just burst into flames at all times. Yeah, you probably feel like you're burning to a crisp constantly. Hey, you know, you know what's really funny is that um, there's uh, a clip when, um, I think it's from episode two, where uh, Owen tells Baru that he plans on painting the inside of the ceiling, inside of the kitchen. He's like, yeah, I'm going to paint this tomorrow. And then if you look, the ceiling is the same color in episode four. So for 20 years, he was like, I'll do it tomorrow. And he never paints the inside of the kitchen. I think it's in episode two. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. But there's a moment where he's like, yeah, I'm going to paint this or whatever. He just says something off the cuff, which that's cool because that's, uh, what's his things? Um, uh, Joel Edgerton, mm-hmm. the guy that's the brother from Warrior and he mm-hmm. plays Pharaoh and what's that called? Gods and Kings. He's in other stuff too. I can't remember. But um, so Owen and Baru, really, they take in Luke. 
They raised them as their own. I don't know if they could have kids or couldn't or didn't or whatever. Um, but really, like, when you're out on Tatooine, you're kind of like, don't really want to have kids. You're barely making it as it is. The Tatooine seems pretty barren. <laughs> Dang, the d- double entendre, huh? Homophones. Uh, and then lastly, the goat. Um, Qui-Gon Jinn, fighting back from beyond the grave, reaches out, being has been taught by the wills, mm-hmm. and, you know, hope beyond hope. He reaches out to Yoda from the netherworld of the Force yeah. and is holding it down. And um, unsung hero, man. If Qui-Gon does not, you know, it's kind of interesting because yeah. I'm sure he could have just... qui even had he as much just, of an influence on things as the Tusken Raiders. Oh, I mean, that's a tough call, but yeah. <laughs> Qui-Gon, you think about it, he could have just entered into his rest. He could have just become one with the cosmic force and not really mattered with the, with the living force at this point. Um, but he's he's the right thing is the right thing kind of guy he always has been and uh so he learns from the wills how to communicate life after death yeah well and his individuality is really what makes him who he is you know what i mean like so much of the jedi at least in the time of um like the end of the republic basically Mm -hmm. is conformity you know what i mean that's the whole idea is just getting by Whatever got to do be a part to of survive. the Jedi, and it, it looks individual. Like there's that little thread that you showed me the other day about how the Jedi perceived the Force differently. But he was so unique in that even his relationship with the Force was so different that he was the first Jedi in all of history, you know, to learn how to retain individuality mm-hmm. after after death. Yep, it's interesting because part of it's his person. Like I think him being so true to the Force and mm-hmm. him being so true to himself really set him apart because it's not like he could go search out the whales after he died and be like, all right, now teach me how to, like they saw something in him to mm-hmm. be able to teach him something. And so Qui-Gon is the one who teaches about um, when you die, you become more powerful than you can possibly mm-hmm. imagine. And his teachings really lend to Obi-Wan feeling that way. And Obi-Wan feeling that way is what leads to his sacrifice on the Death Star. And his sacrifice on the Death Star makes him be able to communicate with Luke from the, beyond the grave at the end of episode four. And when that happens, you defeat the, the Death Star. In episode five, when Luke is on Hoth and he's been attacked by the Wampa, Obi-Wan's willingness to be a sacrifice now makes him able to communicate with right. Luke on Hoth. I was him to Yoda. how unworried is... Obi-Wan was in that scene. He's like, hey, you're going to get over it. Uh, go You'll on, be all right. Go on to uh, Master Yoda. Yeah, exactly. Suck it up, buttercup. You'll be fine. Peace out. I once cut a man's arms and half of his leg off. So it's just really crazy that um, that, that all works together. But the Unsung Heroes of the prequels, there they yeah. are. So hope you guys enjoyed this. Hey, if you're watching on YouTube, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, share this video. You can find our audio podcast literally anywhere. So we're now on the Amazon train. Uh, so Amazon, Spotify, Apple, and all the second tier listening uh, platforms. So thank you guys for tuning in. May the force be with you. And, um, you know, the only family you have here is me. You guys have a good one.